and welcome to the 145 Rural Podcast, where we are here to strengthen music careers and communities one song at a time. And now, here's your host, Jacob Wing. Yeah! Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. We're just going to go over some mistakes I've made as an audio engineer and a musician, and hopefully we're going to break down what happened and how you can avoid that in your career and in your path forward so you don't make those same mistakes. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. The first one is going to be one of those ones that's kind of the biggest embarrassment and one of those ones where I definitely look back and and do that cringe face of, oh no, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed. Or of course, the face bomb. But Back when I first started out, I recorded an album as a musician, and I didn't have much experience as an audio engineer. And I decided that I was going to be real original, and I recorded the entire album with a Tornado guitar. Now, everybody that just heard that, I guarantee you said, what is that? Well, for anybody that knows guitars, it's like an ovation, but it's almost a knockoff version of that. It came off the same line that the ovations were made on, but it has a plastic back. And because of that, when recorded, it kind of sounds like trash. Now, I will defend that guitar to my death. It has sentimental value to no end. It's what I learned to play on in the early 90s. And I've written many a great song on that that I just love and cannot say how much it means to me. But... Because I thought it was going to be original, I chose to do all the songs in this. I did all the effects through it. And even though the album turned out okay, it was clearly a first album for somebody. But it really takes away from what it could have been. And because I was so eager to get it done, which I still stand by today. At least I got out there and did it. That That's great. And I still look back at that. And that feels great. But I really wish I had thought that a little better. And I had, it's not that I didn't have guitars sitting around. And even one of those guitars we'll talk about later on this list. Oh boy. But I really wish I had thought it out better. So what can we learn from this mistake I've made? Um, First and foremost, we're going to talk about that. Maybe don't always go out thinking that doing something extremely different just to be different is going to resonate with people. Now, I am by no means saying that you should be a cookie cutter and just do everything the way it should be done. You need to learn how to process and just copycat and do everything that everybody else has done. But what I learned from this and what I would pass on to any other generation, anybody below me, anybody I was teaching would be to learn the process as it's done by other people, how they write, how they record, what they use, and make the changes within that perimeter. Uh, A lot of times people throw around the term, you know, think outside the box. Well, first you have to understand what the box is and how it works and the dimensions of that box before you can start thinking outside of that box. So that's a great lesson to take away from here. If If you click away right now, if you turn off the podcast, whatever you do, if you turn that off right now, that's great. That's all you have to take away from. That's a great one. So let's move on to a second one. Just as embarrassing and just as much to learn from my being an idiot let's talk about a band that i recorded early in my years and i won't name any names but they were a very heavy band and they came in and it was a two-piece 
and we recorded all their sounds. We did everything we could, and I set up everything. You know, we, we did uh, two sessions. And the problem that comes around, the mistake that I made is that I had just bought a new piece of gear. And of course, you got to use that new piece of gear on that recording. And it was a compressor. And I was so excited. So I put it on the snare. You know, I'm going to put it front and center. And because I didn't know the gear, because I had just gotten it, I overcompressed that snare into oblivion. And when it went back to do the mixing and to put together these songs for these clients that had paid me to do this work, I almost started just bawling. Like, what have I done? I have murdered this snare. It's almost unusable. Uh it was incredibly embarrassing. I almost thought I was going to have to crawl back to them and say, I'm sorry, here's your money back, or we can set another date and, you know, I'll give you guys some money back as whatever I can do to make this right. Thinking that I had just destroyed my business. I hadn't even got a good start going and I destroyed any chance I had. But luckily, one of the best things about being a DIY musician or even an engineer is that you have to think your way through problems. And once I got a little separation from this, I was able to take care of it and fix it. And nobody knows until this very moment that I'm sharing with everybody for God knows what reason. But let's go through what you can learn from this and how I took care of it. So like I said, once I got that separation, I was able to think a little more clearly on how I can address this and fix this. And at the time, there was some new products coming out that I just happened to hear about through, you know, passive emails and videos I, I watched to, you know, kind of keep up with trends. And it turns out that there was a sampler that had come out through Stephen Slate and you could, it's called Trigger, and you could take something that would, it would take the sound and know when it, it was hitting and you could replace that with a sample. So I was able to take some great kits that had been sampled and some great snares and just match that up to his hits, which took forever at the time because there wasn't any real great editing software that would do that automatically and match them up perfectly. But because it was my mistake, I was happy to do it and spend the extra time to make it, you know, so it sounded good. And then in the end, it wound up sounding fantastic, much better than what I had originally intended to do with it because I had learned to blend that sound with a sample. And it's something that I was able to use moving forward uh, on so many records and so many, so many clients that were able to use this in some of their work. So it wound up working out and, you know, just learning from that. So, you know, something to take away from the, uh, this is just to first... If you buy a new piece of gear before you use it in a recording that you want to keep forever and share with everybody or have a playing, paying client to use it, make sure you make some personal recordings with that and work out how that piece of gear works. I don't care if you've watched endless videos or you know it and you've seen it and you've seen people use it until you get your hands on a physical piece of gear or even a plug-in or whatever it may be, something new. Make sure that you have had some work with it and you know how everything interact with it and how to get the most out of that piece of equipment. And of course, a little extra bonus that you can learn from that, of course, is just in this line of work, whatever it may be, like I said, if you're a DIY musician or an up and coming audio engineer, you're going to have to be thinking on your feet. So nothing's ever broken permanently. You just need to engineer your way around it. So that's some great advice for that. Let's move on to number three. Mm -hmm. 
Hi there, and welcome to the ad break. We're just going to take a moment to let everybody know about our community of growing members. And if you'd like to be a part of that, just look at the info below and there will be a click there for an email sign up to join in and get your voice heard. As well, if you're enjoying this content, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the numbers 145 world there you can join any of our groups and you can add to the discussion of what topics we will choose that will help you and hopefully future members of our groups as well as join monthly q a's and other such benefits again that's patreon.com slash the numbers 145 world and we look forward to seeing you there now back to that regularly scheduled episode and enjoy that content thanks again Okay, so for this one, it's something that I think about more frequently than I care to admit, and it's something that it's taken me a while to actually understand and learn why it bothered me and how to implement it in my future business and interactions with other people. And it comes around to just being honest and upfront. And what I mean by this is I have had a number of clients that have come through my studio that I, you know, they're great fits. They, I can make their sound better. I know deep down that I can do something with their sound that is going to make the most of what they have and their talent and what they're bringing to the table. And I want to book that so badly that even when they say things that I know aren't true or won't come true, I wouldn't correct them. So what do I mean by this? That sometimes clients would come in and they'd be on either their second, third album, or maybe their first even. And they'd say something like, I can't wait to make this big so people start buying it and I start growing and I start you know, getting royalties or I can live off this. You know, those kind of things where they have the big dreams and aspirations and nobody's given them a perspective yet. And it's not that I'm saying crush dreams and tell them the reality right away. It's that, and some of those situations, I think I should have been more upfront of saying, Maybe we should have a talk before we get going about some real expectations of what your first album is like, what your first release is like, you know, best case scenario and worst case scenario and and kind of temper some of those things instead of just being a part of it and letting them, you know, buy into that dream and hopefully hiring me so that I can do it, even though the reality is never going to match, you know, what what turns out with that. So. It's, it's a little embarrassing to think back and, and think about, but things that you can learn from this is that not even just these exact situations, but whatever it is, the more honest you are upfront about you, your abilities, what you have and what you can do will save you so many headaches, so much time and so much, you know, soul searching about who I am. Am I real? You know, those kind of things that come up from because we built this facade and we're putting on a show it kind of builds up over time and you don't want that to happen to you and you don't want that to be the reason that people don't want to work with you is because you've told so many lies or you weren't honest up front or you didn't meet the expectations that were never even a possibility in the first place. So some great advice that I wish I had told myself. And again, you know, I'm just speaking to my past self. Uh, always be honest, always be upfront with who you are, what you can offer and what, you know, it's okay to be a beginner or not know everything, but just be willing to learn and grow together. The next one I want to talk about here, number four, is one that I had just mentioned earlier, 
uh, we were talking about the Tornado and the fact that I had other guitars sitting around is another great mistake that was just sitting right beside me that I could have used. And that is a guitar that I had paid $5,000 for because I needed it and it had to be right off the line. And I thought it was going to change everything. And for those of you that maybe don't know much about guitars, back in the 2000s, early early 2000s, there was a line of guitars from Gibson called the Robot Guitars or the Robo Guitars. And the appeal of these is that they could tune themselves. So basically you'd pull out a knob and you'd just strum it and it would automatically tune itself. You'd never have to mess with it. So I, of course, reading magazines at the time before, you know, YouTube and any of those kind of things were really big. Always, always learned about things through magazine ads. And I saw this and I lost my mind. And I just happened to be at a great place in my life where I had a bunch of free income sitting around and nothing to spend it on. So I decided I was going to buy one of these. Get hold of, I got a hold of my uh, Sweetwater representative. I'm like, when this comes off the line, I know there's a limited run of them. I want one. And it was called the Dust Tiger. And if you're watching on YouTube, it's up on the screen now. And yes, please do not hold back your laughter. Have fun. If you're listening on the podcast, please go home. I will attach a picture in the notes here or just go to Google search up Dust Tiger Gibson and have yourself a good laugh. It is an absolutely ugly guitar. I thought it was cool and I really wanted it to be a thing. And of course, I thought it was the be all end all of guitars. I could play any tuning. It could emulate other Gibson guitars through its pickups. And I just thought this was the one guitar to beat all guitars. And now looking back, it is absolutely embarrassing that I was one of the people that bought these. And even worse and more embarrassing that I don't need to share, but I will. At the time when I had it and I was recording that first album, I had a a close friend that needed some help and had fallen on some hard times and was in an emergency situation. And I decided that I will do whatever I can to help them. So I pawned it for $700 and gave them the money. I thought, no problem, I can get this. I, I, I can take care of this. And of course, something in my life came up where I was unable to get back to that guitar and it was gone. $5,000 guitar, gone for $700. So two huge mistakes for one, you're welcome. What can we learn from me being a moron? First and foremost is that you can research and and buy into a piece of gear or whatever it may be and hear all the tech and the lingo and think it's going to be all, save all. But unless there is some actual reviews, some actual people that are showing you this is what the pros are and the cons, then don't buy in too quickly. Do more research and don't fall for the hype. And hype is a very dangerous thing. The other thing, of course, is don't pawn your gear. Just don't. Don't ever pawn your gear. Even in the worst case scenario, unless you can't eat that day and your family's going to die, don't pawn stuff. That's a great lesson. Uh, Craigslist is a fantastic way. Uh, Facebook Groups are out there to sell gear. Reverb, for the love of crap, reverb's out there. Um, I will. I have a great video that tells you exactly how to get the most out of selling your gear, and I'll link that right now. Go to go watch that. It'll show you exactly step by step how to get the most money for selling your gear. But don't be a moron like me. Um, so that's number four. 
Number five, and the final stupid mistake we're going to talk about today, but <laughs> by no means the last mistake I've ever made. Um, let's talk about the time that I lost everything. So there was a time when I was going between being a full-time musician and was doing another job and hadn't quite taken up the realm of, of going full-time as an engineer and a musician. And I was just kind of resituating things and didn't spend a lot of time with my core computer. So on this, I had had years of all my songs, all the work I had done for clients, all the tools I used for my software, all my plugins. We're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars worth of, of things that I had put on here. And it just blue screened me one day, just crapped out. And like a moron, I didn't back it up. So for a good six months, I sat there with my head in my hands like, I'm done. I've lost everything. I have to start over. There's nothing I can do. Now, luckily, this story does have a good ending where I found somebody local that can restore hard drives. And now those places are fairly common. So I got very lucky. Everything on there that I needed that was important was salvaged. And I was able to take that and build a whole new tower out of everything, a new recording rig, a new whole system based off that. But what a horrible, horrible mistake that would have been had I lost all the music I had worked on, had I lost all the software and plugins that I had invested all my money into and had to start from scratch. So please, please, the lesson here is back up everything. In our episode that we had last week, we went through 10 essential tips for your music. So, and one of the ones we talked about there on number nine was backing up everything. This falls under that. And I'll link that below. You guys did great. And that that blew up bigger than I ever expected. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Go back and watch that one. There's some great tips on there. Uh, More things that you can avoid, but this one's on there because of this situation, because I've been through it. So those are five of the big mistakes I've made that hopefully we have all learned from. If you guys enjoyed this for some sick reason, there's always more. Just let me know. We can always make more videos on these kind of subjects. If they help anybody else, that's all that matters. Don't make my mistakes. Uh, thank you guys again for spending time with me. Please subscribe and like. Uh, that's helped so much. And if anything else comes up where we can help you, just type in the comments. You guys have been throwing out some great ideas for videos lately. Thank you. Love to get some of those done. So everything you guys are thinking, just let us know. So until next week, we'll talk again. Bye.